What is the biggest lie that our moms or our grandmas tell us? Just be a good man, the right woman gonna show up. That's bullshit, man. It's not gonna happen. You think what? Pamela Anderson is gonna knock on your door and ask you for a cup of sugar and give you a blowjob? Yes. <laughs> And one of the biggest bad habits that guys have, pornography. Pornography fucks and destroys your dating life. Period. It destroys your dating life. Most of men that are in cells are guys addicted to pornography. Think about it. Who is the guys that are actually paying girls on offense? Guys that are addicted to pornography. Guys that are needy because they cannot get this girl. So it's almost like a way of stimulating he get this girl, but even though he's paying for it. And Mr. Nice Guy is a passive-aggressive guy. What is a passive-aggressive? Someone that cannot tell what he wants or measure what he needs. He cannot imply that on him. So you're gonna use other ways. Manipulation, sarcasm, lies, irony. That's what you're gonna do. You're not gonna like say what you really wanna say. You're gonna say it in a different way. You live on your mom, you don't make money, you broke, you boring, you, you don't have nothing that's gonna make the girl wanna be with you. You're not fun, you're not interesting, you don't have money, you're not good looking. So why the fuck they, they believe that a woman owed them something? And women don't owe you shit, nobody owes you shit. Welcome to another episode of the CEO of you, where we interview entrepreneurs, go-getters, and ultimately anyone that wants to improve their life. And today we have a guest, I feel like it was meant to be, because he's trained. In fact, there was train strikes, which he didn't know about, so we had to stay in the city for another day. What's up, guys? Thanks so much for the invitation, man. I'm here. Fantastic. It's good to have you here, man. You How do you so pronounce much. your name? Fabricio? Fabricio. 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 Fabricio Castro. Okay, Fabricio Castro. Almost. I'm from Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro, baby. <laughs> Rio, I, I had to have a lot of beautiful women over there. Well, of course he does. You know, that Snoop Dogg doesn't go there anymore, or like for no reason, you know. <laughs> 50 Cent, all the rappers, they go there for a reason, man. You know what it is. All right, true, true, true. All right, so tell us about where you grew up. Yeah. I grew up in Rio de Janeiro uh, most of my life. So I was originally, I'm born in Sao Paulo, but I was raised like since um, since like four years old in Rio de Janeiro. My 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 parents, they divorced when I was like three. And uh, my mom took a separate path. So I lived with my father until like I was 16. And I was like we 16 until my 20, 21, 22. I was, came back to Sao Paulo to live with my mom. So I'm like really, both cities is like being part of my life most of it. So Sao Paulo is like more cosmopolitan vibes. Mm-hmm. And Rio is like more the beach area, more like the cultural vibes. So being okay. living both of them. What, what's it like growing up in Brazil? We had this combo off camera, but I just, I just need the viewers. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Brazil, it's, it's, it's a great country. I think I've been to almost 40 countries so far, and Brazil is still one of my favorite places. You know, we have good people, have like good culture. Most of people are very happy. You know, we have good food, we have good service. And uh, I think Brazil, it's literally like, um, how can I say? We have two, two main factors over it. It's like almost like yin yang. So first of all, we have a big wage gap. So if you either we have a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of people that don't have a lot of money, that people have literally nothing. So that's like a big gap on that. Mm-hmm. So which makes like a lot of people see Brazil as like a place that has a higher criminality, you know, a lot of drug dealing, you know, a lot of uh, corruption, you know, like a lot of countries, the third countries is part of it. I think, to be honest with you, I don't even think it's a third world country. I think it's like, any country has a corruption, but Brazil mm-hmm. definitely has a lot. So it's it's still a good place, you know. And uh, I pretty much my family we're we're from the suburbs, and specifically Duque de Caxias, you know, it's like a part of area. 
So even though I was not in the hood, I was very close to it. What I mean is like my family that had this house for like 30 years, my grandparents had this house for there. So even though I was not in the bubble of the, the crimes and the things, I was the kind of guy that would walk through it. You know what I mean? Mm. So think about it. Back inside, there was no fucking Glovo to get your food. So you need to like go there and go get your hot dog and things like that. So think about it. In Brazil, I have the Bidey Funkies and uh, the, the dancers and things like that. And, you know, so you see like, the think about it, the funk, the, the power, the, the music. So you will see like all the atmosphere of what the crime represents, you know? So yeah, it's kind of, it's a little bit of what it is. Okay, so one thing I know is the hood in Brazil can be very dangerous at times. That's and obviously true. yourself, you had to go through it. And obviously I could imagine probably had a few parties there, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, the crazy yeah. part. Like the best parties are in the hood. That's yeah, crazy that's thing. I could imagine. They're always, they're always in the hood. What was some of the stuff like it was like in the hood anyway? Because sometimes you see it on the news, like killings, got what is it? Guns, crime, wars. Yeah. And what's so let's talk that? firstly about Rio de Janeiro, right? Because Brazil is a big country. And, and here's the thing. Even though we speak the same language and we have, even though we live in the same country, we have completely different cultures because Brazil is very big. So if we get the south of Brazil, we dig out uh, a lot of colon colonies of German people, but German immigration, not even colonizer, I mean like German immigration, Italian immigration. So they have a completely different culture from the northeast of Brazil, from the southeast of Brazil, from the north of Brazil, because the north is the Amazonian, so it's like the natives and things like that. The northeast will have the Nordicinos, right? So specifically when everybody talks about is Rio de Janeiro, because Rio de Janeiro not only is the most beautiful state of Brazil, of course, because <laughs> everybody knows that, but I think the Rio de Janeiro specifically, what actually happens is, is a place that the eyes, everybody is a spotlight on, you know? So Rio de Janeiro is a great place, but at the same time can be very bad, you know? So for example... Uh, in Brazil, most of, let's say you guys are British, we don't know each other. Where are you guys going to go? You're probably going to stay in the south zone of Brazil. You're going to stay in the Copacabana, Ipanema, Leblon. Maybe maybe if you're a little alternative, you want to go to the center, Lapa. That's where everybody stays. You know, that's the bubble. But Rio de Janeiro is not only that part. You know, so if you go to the north zone of Brazil, that's when the, there's a lot of danger. So the further you are from the centers, that's when like you start to have like the real hood. Mm. You know, that's when like, uh, and as I said... The difference between Sao Paulo and Rio is that Sao Paulo is uh, only one faction, right? There's the PCC, Primeiro Comando da Capital. And Rio de Janeiro, they have different factions, and specifically Comando Vermelho and TCP, Terceiro Comando da Capital, right? So what happens is that they have, uh, since one is more organized, so you don't have all these shootings and like people killing each other and all this kind of thing. It happens, but we're very, we're less, you know what I mean, compared to Rio. Because in Rio, what happens is since they have all this ballot power, there's not only the, the, the thugs, there's also the militia, there's also the cops. So it's a real war happening. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the crazy part. So a lot of Brazil, especially Rio de Janeiro, gets dangerous because there, there's this violence because you're going to have all these kids that have no, they're most of the time single mother parent households and their mother don't have money. And a lot of kids, they're gonna go to the crime very early, like with 10 years old, 13 years old. It's it's normal, you know what I mean? Like you see kids, like example, I was in Rocinha this year. I saw like kids with like 12 years old, like holding guns, like they're mm. working, you know, they get paid, you know? So that's what happens, you know what I mean? A lot of kids, they start the crime early because maybe they don't have a family, they don't have an absent father, or maybe they don't have a mother or father. They're literally poor to survival. 
So that's what happens. And because of that, you're going to see a lot of the crimes. And sometimes the, the, the system, the law system is not very good. So what happens is a lot of these kids, they, they uh, especially in Brazil, if they are under 18, they don't get arrested. They get arrested, but they don't get convicted. They're not going to stay a long time because they're happens. 18. So that's a breach on the system. So think about it. You're 16. You kill someone. You might get two years, three years, and that's it. You're not going to like stay your whole life in prison. So we have like some problems with the laws. Yeah. So that's you put that in all the blender. That's what happens, you know. But apart from all that, that's a crazy thing. Apart from all that, is this still a good country? Is this still like a, a good place to be? You know, there's like good people because everybody thinks that Brazil, uh, Rio de Janeiro is a whole war. But no, it's most of the times in the specific regions. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that's what happens. And, and the even though it's in the specific regions, what happens is it becomes invisible. All this, a lot of these kids, they become invisible to society because they're gonna get shot, they're gonna get killed, and nobody's gonna know. You know what I mean? And only unless it's like something very big to disrupt the system and appear in the news, and the news go there to show it. A lot of a lot of the things that happens is like pretty much what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's the same thing. What happens in the hood stays in the hood. That's yeah. what happens. So, what's, what, what would you say the most common crime is? Because these 12, 10-year-olds... Thief. Thief. Like you're walking like you're a gringo like with your iPhone 15 Pro Max. Boom. Gone. Gone. No, no, no. no. They don't, uh, that's what I mean. Like in the south, uh, south zone of Rio de Janeiro, where it's the beach area, yeah. most of the times like four, four or five kids in a group that go there and get your necklace, get your chain. It's a, the sucker, the sucker steal. You know, he's stealing, he's stealing yeah, like yeah. the sucker. Like you just go there, grab it. But if you go outside, then you're going to see maybe like other things like uh, stealing cars and things like that. So it depends on, on the area. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, you know, even like with, um, I see a lot of shootings in Brazil. Is that a common thing in, in the hood? Well, the shootings, it happens because sometimes uh, there's the drug happening, right? The drug lords are there and the police, they try to enter there to break the system so that's when the, the war happens if it's not that it's like another faction that's trying to go there and take it off what is going on so it's always a constant war either the cops are going there to invade and get it and try to pacify the place as as they did successfully there's like some favelas in brazil they're very safe to walk there's a the thing a lot of favelas actually are more safe to walk than the street because they're gonna have some code so you cannot steal in the favela you cannot do bad things in the favela so that that's the difference do you understand what i mean it, they they follow some codes. For example, if you get caught stealing the favela, they're gonna bring the call via P treatment. Literally, that's the thing. Tratamento VIP. Via P treatment is like pretty much you gotta get the guy, gonna get like some some pieces of wood and gonna hit, hit the shit, beat the shit out of him, you know, <laughs> to make them as example. And sometimes it depends on the crime, he might get killed. But it's just a part of it. As I say, this is not, I don't think even though a lot of the, the media, they try to put that in the front of Brazil, I don't think that Brazil, the crime represents what the, the culture is because we have, we're way ahead of that. I get what you're saying. You're saying like the hood is really bad, but the hood is just a small part. Yeah, because like, it, and here's the thing, there's still good people because that's the thing. When you see the hood, everybody's like, oh my God. I was like, it's hardworking people. People that wake up like 5 a.m. and go work, mm. go, go take a train, go try to bring a better future for the kids as everyone else in the world. So it's not like, it's, it's because the media try to portray that. And even though that's real, I don't think that that represents the whole reality of the, either the country or of the hoods. You know, it's like, not every favela is dangerous. Not every favela is going to have crime. Not every favela is going to have shootings. Sometimes it's just people living, because favelas, theory, people don't know the concept. Favelas are pretty much uh, the mountains. Like people that live in like 
outside the centers. And that happened especially in Rio de Janeiro because there was like the white people that used to live in the center. So they got the slaves and the slaves used to come there and they didn't have no place to live. Mm. So then they started creating houses up hills. You see, like it's completely different from, from America, right? Because America, the rich people that live in the hills and the poor people live in the center. In Brazil, it's the opposite. Like people, the, the poor people live in the, in the hills, yes. and, you know, and the rich people live in the centers. That's how it happens. You know what story you told? You told us a story that really put, put it in perspective. When you said the barbershop. Oh, yeah. That, that's a crazy story. That's, yeah. That is a crazy yeah. story. That's when I realized, oh, like, everywhere's got a hood. But that just kind of put it in perspective. How yeah. much... Because the hood, most most wear is one shooting at, out of how not shooting on the scale that you were saying it. Yeah, yeah but I crazy. think the difference is that here you guys don't have access to weapons. Mm. You just gotta have True. guns. In Brazil, they have access to weapons either through military or through smuggling from Colombia. So that's what is the difference. Either Colombia, Venezuela, so they get the weapons and they get sent it over. So that's what happens in the borders, and they have a lot of money. And as I say, it's a corrupt country, so they're going to give a lot of money for judges, a lot of money for cops, so a lot of money for the government. So that's what actually happens, and that's how the weapons ended up there. Because in theory, nobody in Brazil have guns. You know, back in time, like before the 90s, people used to have guns. For example, you used to have like the, the right to carry weapons, the same as America. Mm -hmm. But after that, they changed the law, and after they changed the law, what happens is, okay, so now normal people don't have guns. But now the thugs have guns and the cops have guns. And that's when the problem happens. Because okay. if you really think about it, think about it. How would you take control of the hood if everybody had weapons there? It wouldn't be the same thing. Do you understand what I mean? So yeah. that's why sometimes like people cannot do, the, 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 the citizens that live in the hood, they cannot do a lot of things because they don't have like control of it. So that's what happens. But at the same time, sometimes the, it depends on the favelas and the, the morals of, of, uh, of the... the the groups there, right? The favela, the the thugs and things like that. The thugs they actually gonna act as the law. So if something happens, mm. they're gonna go there and talk to oh, this person is causing a lot of trouble, and they're gonna go there and gonna solve it. So that's what I mean. It's almost like uh, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. For the people that don't uh, man, that's a crazy thing. Like, I feel that's the first time that I'm telling these kind of things. You know, I'm like, we're gonna talk about more healthy, productive. Yeah. But think about it, the first ten minutes. Yeah, like, this guy's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you and you guys, like, yeah, I love it. It's I very, love it's this very story. It's crazy, right? Man, like, yeah, like, um, well, so this is a kind of funny thing, right? Because uh, the crazy thing is because it could have been even worse. Because what happens was, uh, if that was in 2019. I came back from a trip, so I came back from India. So I was in India, came back to Brazil, and I went to a party. And uh, after the party, instead of me going to my father's, I was like, oh, that's too far. I'm going to go to my grandparents, because my grandparents, that's the house where I used to live, right? So I went there. And my grandparents were not home. They went, they were traveling. And uh, I was home. And it was around, I think it was around like 11 a.m., 12 o'clock. I listened like, bah, bah, bah. And I made a video. That's a crazy thing. I have a video. No cap. I have a video. I can find the story. Not now, but I can find the story. That I literally say, oh, another day in Rio de Janeiro, right? Because I listened to shoot. But I didn't thought there was actually real weapons. I thought that maybe it was a construction thing. You know what? I literally was making fun of it. Like, oh, you know, another day in Rio de Janeiro. Bah, bah, bah. Right? And I, I didn't thought there was nothing. And then I sent to my uncle, right? And I sent to my uncle. 
and he watched. Then after five minutes, he sent me a text. He said, do not go outside. I was like, what happened? He said, do not fucking go outside. Do you understand me? I was like, all right. And when he told me that, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't went outside, but I went downstairs. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have, like, a, my house was a very massive, like, my, my grandpa's, like, massive house, like, gigantic, like, the fucking gigantic turn. So, like, it took me almost, like, three minutes to go into the door of the, of the street. And it's a big gate, like, very big, you know? Yeah. So, if you think about, it, like, a gigantic gate, so I could peek it in, and I saw a lot of people in the street. So, when I saw a lot of people in the street, I was like, oh, what actually happened? Then I opened the door and then like I saw a lot of people. I was like, oh, I'm fine. There was like maybe like a hundred people there. And then I came after the the bomb squad. They were there. You know, it's a big thing. And then I discovered what happens is was like two barbers and there was like uh, two clients and three clients and one was a kid. One kid was sitting there waiting for to cut the hair. So they were cutting the hair of this guy. And this guy had a death wish because he was like had a, he was a thug and had a problem with the militia. So the militia went to go there and kill him. So came two guys on the bike, and they, man, they shoot out maybe like 20 bullets or something. It's not exaggerated. Like 20 bullets, and they throw a grenade. They throw two grenades. One exploded. The other one didn't. So then what actually happens is they, the, the, the guy were cutting their hair. The two barbers, they were brothers. They died. They got killed. Uh, one of the customers died. And the guy that actually had the death wish, he didn't die. You know what that, I mean? Man, yeah, he didn't so die. Innocent people. Yeah, exactly. So he didn't die. So what happens is like they got, um, he got like maybe two shots and, and then he ran away. And then after a while, of course, he got killed. Like, can't think about it. Yeah. The people wouldn't let that pass, you know, because man, and the crazy things, I already cut my hair, my hair there. My grandfather used to cut the hair there. My uncles already used to ha uh, cut the hair there. And the plotters, I didn't tell you also, one of the barbers also already dated my auntie back in time. Yeah, oh, so that's wow. what I understand. Like, it was like this guy, like, everybody knew who they were, you know. Like, it's a 20 years in the same place in the barbershop, and they just got wiped, you know. So, what I try to explain is uh, what a lot of people don't understand that depends on where and what is the condition of the crime, sometimes the crime is not going to be solved. Because, think about it, not all, it's a very big country. That's what people don't understand. And people say, oh, it's very dangerous. Like, it's 235 million people. How the fuck are you going to take control of everybody at the same time? It's this is not fucking people. China. Mm. And it, here's the thing. Let's say like 1% of the base, that's 2.3 million people. That's still a lot of people, you know, to take control of it. And let's say 0.1, there's like 235,000 people. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, of, of course, we can maybe maybe do like uh, hard, make a harder the, the law, but it's still, it's still like a lot of people for you to take control. I don't think you can be there at the same time everywhere. It's the same as like a hero. Think about it. the hero cannot be everywhere at the same time. True. You know? True. The same like Spider-Man, like he cannot save everybody. So that's the same thing. What happens? Because it's a very big country. Damn, and you guys just got guns on the leaves. That's what's wild that is. Yeah, like okay. Let's be going something positive. <laughs> yeah. Some positive on Brazil. Tell me about one of the best things about Brazil that makes you such a positive country. Because like I don't know, the football's great over there. The culture, I would say it's one I of the most cultured places. The culture, the culture, I think Brazil is definitely one of the most kind people that I've ever met in my life. Mm. They're gonna be helpful. They're not very, being biased. No, I mean like seriously, like no bias. Like I, I travel a lot, so that's why. Like when you travel, you can start seeing what my country represents. Okay. Because think about one thing is you talk about your countries when you've never been to another country. Or one thing is you talk about your country when you haven't been to other countries. Right, so in my case, I mean, it's almost forty. 
So now when I come back to Brazil, like I'm talking about the culture. Think about it. In Brazil, a stranger can come to you and say, oh, yeah, man, look, just talking. You guys are going to start drinking beer, watching the game, maybe hug each other, talk a little bit, and that's it. Maybe you're going to offer you help, you're going to offer directions, share the food, share whatever he has in his house, even if he doesn't have a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So I like the culture of my country. I really like it. The food. For me, it's definitely one of the best foods. Like the flavor, man. How did you guys do a good steak? Man, steak, we yeah. do like, man, here's the thing, bro. We have like, okay, you want to talk about steaks? We tell, how the, what's the secret of the big booties in Brazil? Because the girls eat a what lot of carbs. Eat? Rice and beans, man. We eat rice and beans every day. But here's the thing, like you know what, guys. If you listen to oh, the first thing he said when he came here, <laughs> <laughs> we got some fat women. Oh, no, no, it was not even that. I didn't say fat. Actually, I was like, wow, man, this is a pretty heavy city. It was like, <laughs> it was like, what do you mean with that? I was like, man, I saw some girls that are very big. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, bro, I'm 200 pounds, and these girls are bigger than me, man. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, this is this is a lot of women. Oh, it's no. a lot of women over there. They're all just vaping as well. Man. Yeah, and vaping, all everybody vaping, vaping. You know, women. it's crazy, oh, but I. I think crazy. Brazil, it's it's the culture, the food, and also, of course, the breathtaking views, man. That best beaches is definitely in Brazil, man. Like, Brazil is fucking dope. I love my country so much, you know. And the sun's blazing as well? Yeah, man. The cool thing is in Brazil about this, the, 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 example, right now it's winter, and last week was like 28 degrees in winter. What? So, you know what I mean? Nice. Must be nice. Yeah, so Must be. You guys need to go get your asses to Brazil, man. Especially because here's the thing. That's what I do. Why I'm here right now? Because it's winter in Brazil. Yeah. But when it's winter in Europe, I come back to Brazil. So I'm always living summer or spring, you know? That's it. Yeah. There's always summer somewhere else. Mm, okay. You know Let me I mean? ask you this. As a dating coach, which is something you specialize in. Yeah, yeah. I just want to ask you a completely off note. You travel to 40 countries. Mm -hmm. That's 40 different nationalities. Yeah. Females. Yeah. Where would you say the most beautiful woman you have met are from? Well, well, definitely not the UK. So well, I think there's, of course, there's a lot of beautiful women everywhere. But I think like it, it depends on the culture. Mm. I think that's what makes beautiful women. That's something that people don't talk about. Because people, if we talk about beauty, beauty is very relative sometimes because it's forced about what we actually think they were supposed to be beautiful because of society tells you what is beautiful. Think about we black. Nowadays being black is cool, right? Yeah. We have braids, Travis Scott, The Weeknd, everybody want to look like Pop Smoke, blah, blah, blah. So now if you are part of the culture, then the people are going to think you're pretty. But back in time, 30 years ago, if I had braids, like, what the fuck is that? Do you understand what I mean? So it's very relative. It's funny you said, because remember like, people used to be like, oh, you're so bluck when they oh, say you're yeah, black. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. no one wants to be black and all of a sudden, oh yeah, black, being black is cool. Exactly. Like, or they're going to act black and you know, yeah. it's like, sometimes like you got to be in the party, oh yeah, man, you want to smoke some weed? You know, it happened yeah. with these Eastern Europe, oh yeah, man, you want to, you know, it's part of the culture. But I think if, in my opinion, I think Brazil, definitely, Brazil, Colombia, Poland, Russia. Poland, I agree. And... Ukraine, I think that's like the, the hottest, the goddess girls, in my opinion, of course. Of course, that's the same. There's a lot of women that are beautiful. But what I really like, I think the difference is the culture. So, for example, Brazil, the girls are very hot, but the girls are very feisty also because they are Latina. So, they have higher blood temperature, you mm. know. So, sometimes the kind of girls they meet, they can make her life a fucking hell. But if, <laughs> it's good if you can survive that. It, it's good. But I mean, like, what I like, for example, in Eastern Europe is not because the girls are white and blue eyes. Because it's the same, man. There's white girls with blue eyes every fucking where in the planet nowadays. Yeah. I think it's like what makes a woman beautiful is not only, like, the beauty on the looks, but I think, for example, Polish. The Polish girls, they're very traditional. So the girls, not only they take care of themselves, they read a lot. They're very family-based. They're family-oriented. You know, so that, I think, 
makes women more appealing. They're more agreeable. You know, they're not combative. They don't want to be fighting, you know. It's not like here they're like women think they can fight with a man, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, or with a 200-pound man, as I told you, like last year, like yesterday. Yeah. Girls, I like, think they can fight. And I was like, what? How the fuck in the world? That's the thing, man. Like if you really think of, that's a fucking big red flag. No, I'm talking even about the women. I'm talking on society. When like some women, they never enter in a fight in their lives. They never fought with a man. They don't, don't know the power of a real man is. And they don't even know if the guy knows how to fight. There's also, we're not even talking about if the guy, one thing is the guy just talk about if a guy really knows how to fight and they think that it's okay for you to go there and like, oh yeah, we'll beat the shit out of you or fuck you. I was like, what are you talking about? That's delusional. You the Lulu, yeah. yeah you the Lulu. You the Lulu. You know what I mean? So I think that UK, even though there's a lot of, of course we cannot talk about all the women, but yeah. I think what it gets very dangerous is that a lot of culture is based on identification. So think about it. One thing that I can even talk on the podcast is the ha- same in Brazil. It, here, I know it happens. We talk a lot about the solitude of black women. What do you mean by that? No. Yeah, like you, you probably already listen like black women are lonely. They're like, men don't want to be with black women, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think there's because of color. Of course, I know that that could be part of it because it's true. We know that like statistics shows that like black women sometimes are not, uh, black people, in, depending on the concert, they're not the most desirable race. But we talk about cultural. So if you think about it, like a lot of women, they're going to, what are the real women that are becoming the role models for the black women? It's like, Rihanna, Beyonce, Cardi B, you know what I mean? Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion. So it's like women that talks like that, you know what I mean? Mm. Nobody, like men don't want that, you know, know what I mean? Like, so of course it's like, maybe the match like you like it because it's challenge, because you feel challenged and you want to smash, but you don't want to keep that in your life. So I think that's what makes uh, even passport bros happen, like, right? The, the, the men that start traveling. I don't think that all, all the men that travel uh, are doing that to sp- exploit women or anything like that. But I really think that a lot of guys just want to be with a girl that's cool and respect him for who he is. Not a girl that's going to think that he can fight you, you know, like things like that. Or like they're not going to respect you and uh, uh, become disagreeable and things like that. So I think that's when the culture produces when women start identifying themselves with this kind of women that's when actually the problem because this woman they represent like 0.01% of real women you know what I mean they're like one out of like 100,000 we don't have like Megan Thee Stallion a lot of women that, that that's like a one out of 100 million like one out of 10,000 women you know what I mean so I think that what is going on especially like UK America is that like women don't have good role models mm. I think that that's what happens and that's when society start crumbling because like they just start looking and they see their friends and everybody doing the same thing the same behaviors and like they see they, they want to be like the rapper you know that, that came even to explain you like uh, you know Rosalia that's a no, I, I was dating I was hang, hooking up with a girl from Brazil she was uh, talk about this famous singer she's Mexican right mm-hmm. and she was like talking acting like Rosalia and I, then I was like bitch you're broke <laughs> you live with your mom you know, yeah. you're not independent. You're not like you're not like that bad bitch as you think you are. You live with your mom. You know what I mean? You don't work. You don't have a job. How the fuck you want to think that you're independent and strong when you don't live? You don't have no independence. All the people that are doing things for you. You know what I mean? So I think that's when it becomes dangerous. You know, the mainstream mm-hmm. are not producing good, good role models for women and for men too. So what happens is what you're seeing right now happening in the UK. You know, everybody just vaping. A lot of people just like looking like 500 pounds, you know, not even. And because people don't have good role models, the same as men. Because what I think happens is literally like we both need each other. It's not even like me trying to come here in a rant and start saying bad things about women. Yeah. I think both we need each other. 
men in women and women in men. Period. Because mm. think about it. Let's say like we have a hundred men, and they are the most successful, most strong, most hypergamous, blah blah blah. If you don't have women, you gotta die, bro. That's it. There's no point of it. Like, oh yeah, like you, we can create the most biggest, strongest empire. If you don't have women to put there to produce children, your legacy dies. Like your coolness, your toughness, not gonna be perpetuated on history. The same way women say, oh yeah, I don't need a man. Okay, you think that you don't need a man until you actually need one. Until you actually have one, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, oh yeah, I don't need a man. I'm super independent. Okay, but then when you're 60, you're gonna remember like, oh, I'll look on my all hedonistic life that I lived and just meaningless. Because you don't have nobody. You know what I mean? You have nobody. You don't have children. You don't have grandchildren. You don't have nobody around you. Just you and your cats and maybe a little bit of your money. And that's it. So I think that's what is going on in society. I think that actually shows that we actually might have a downfall. If it's not already happening, a downfall of society. You know, and that's a crazy part because, man, you guys are the first world country. You know, I'm from, I can say, you know, oh, yeah, UK. It was like... <laughs> Like, how the fuck is, like, for, do you understand what I mean? Like, the first one count, you just see, like, all these women, like, being, everybody just want to work with OnlyFans and being an influencer, but nobody want to be a doctor, nobody want to be a mother. How are you going to perpetuate this, the society with if everybody is doing the same? True. Do you know what I mean? I find it mad that you've been to 40 countries. Yeah, almost dead. And Something like that. you left Brazil when you were 16, 17, 18? No, no, 2016. 2016. 2016. I was uh, 20, 23, 24. 23. Yeah. So, you said you had one event that really made you want to leave made you just want to do more oh yeah so um as i say i met a girl in 2015 she was a very very attractive woman and we met i really liked her i not even like i really fell in love for her like the kind of like oh i used to think about her every day it's kind of things and i was a young boy you know and, <laughs> yeah man you know how it is the first love i think it was the real first love like wow i'm obsessed by her she was also obsessed by me Twice as smaller, like it was very small, like oh. very small, very small. Like kitchen, you know, yeah, it was like it was very small. It was like uh, we call kitchenette, you know. So it's like very small, oh, you know, yeah. like very small. There was a kitchen, yeah. a bathroom, and the, and there was a small living room with a couch and the TV. But the room, like you have like almost like a little stair, and then like was like a second floor, you know, oh, with man. just with the room, you know, just with the bed. And uh, she came to visit me, and I uh, was very happy, and. Uh, it was cool. I bring bring her to the hood to meet my my parents, you know, to bring her to the grandfather my grandfather's birthday, so everybody was there. So think about it, like you know what I mean, like back in you time. Some posh girl yeah. from the, from the country to the hood. <laughs> and here's the thing, man. We actually had the whole experience because we were in the south zone of Brazil. We were in Copacabana, but I took the train to bring her to the hood. So I brought her in the train. To the hood, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, she's, I mean, she's some posh girl. I ain't never been yeah, to the hood. Yeah, man. Like, and you could definitely clearly see that she was not from there. She was like a 6'1 blonde girl with blue eyes. And everybody was like, what the fuck? Like, where is this girl from? It's a unicorn. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Like, I was like, so I brought her home and I saw everybody, like my family, you know, my like my aunties, like some cousins, like there was Amy's like, oh, look at him with the girl. You know, it was cool. Then after like two days, I started getting sick. I kind of got a kidney infection or something like that. So, man, I was very bad. And then I went to the hospital. He gave me like some ibuprofen. He gave me like some some medication, some bisitacil, but I still was bad. And then um, we started having some arguments. I remember like we, we talked sometimes. I was like, I'm not going to be arguing with you. I'm just going to sleep. And then I, when I took a nap, when I woke up, like I searched for her, like she was not there, but my house was very small, right? So I was like, oh, 
Right? She said, well, I went down and didn't sell her stuff, like her backpack, nothing. I was like, what the fuck? And she just let a note say, yo, thank you, thanks for everything. Uh, I love you. And I was like, what the fuck? Then I call a friend of mine, oh, is she in the hostel that like used to work? And she said, oh, let me ask. So the beeper guy, and she was there. I went there, talked to her, but we didn't agree on anything. We just had a fight. She left, and I was just there by myself, right? Like sick, broke in the favela, like no money, no no money, no girl, and and you know what I mean? And that, even though it was a very negative experience, I think it was definitely one of the best experiences. Because here's the thing, man. I think men are actually built on trauma. Because like sometimes when a trauma happens, even though it's a very bad thing, you put yourself in a situation and say, I never want that shit to happen anymore in my life ever again. I don't want to feel the same ever again. It doesn't matter if you're getting bullied, if your boss fired you, if your wife just uh, divorced, filed a divorce, whatever happens. If your best friend fucked your girl, whatever happens, man, like it's the kind of situation to say, man, enough is enough. You know, so yeah, after that was in February, January, actually, that was in January. And then after seven months, like uh, I started working, right? I was, I was already working as a dating coach, but was not, even though, here's the thing, it was my main profession, but it was not my main profession. So it was enough where I pay my bills because I used to only work in the weekends. I worked mm. like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I had a lot of time to either study or to approach women because even though that's part of my job also, it's not like only the result, but really understand social dynamics, right? So then I started working also as a promoter in a club, like meeting people, building a social circle and all these kind of things. And uh, in July, no, sorry, Actually, time went by, and then actually in September of 2016, I took the decision. And then I I was going to Ibiza, actually. That was my initial plan. Mm -hmm. Then I talked to a friend of mine, and he said, oh, why is there if you're going to Ibiza? You don't come here in Barcelona. See what's up, and think about it. If you don't like it, just take a ferry and go to Ibiza. I was like, well, that's for, I don't know anybody. Right. Think about it. I don't yeah. know anybody in Ibiza. Why not come to my friend, stay on his couch? And then when I arrived, I stayed there for four months. Like, you're supposed to stay three. I stayed four months, you know, broke the visa, fuck it. And uh, it's kind of crazy, man. Like, I really remember it was like yesterday, bro. I came there with a... Uh, well, oh, by the way, one thing is, one of the main reasons besides the girl that made me go there is because of Arnold Schwarzenegger biography. Mm. You know, because on his yeah. book, Total Recall, he talks about when he was living Graz as a bodybuilder, and he moved to America because he wanted big, something bigger. And he said they also moved with a gym bag, blah, blah, blah. And I had a gym bag. So I was like, oh, <laughs> we have something in common. Yeah, you know, yeah. thank you, Arnie, if you're watching the podcast, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I got the I got a gym bag. Man, I went there with like 700 euros, $700. No credit card, one-way flight. I was like, let's do it. And here's the thing, man. It's kind of crazy because nowadays for me, living in Europe or Asia, whatever, it's easy. I don't give a fuck. But like, I took almost like one hour to get out of the airport. I was like, oh, how the fuck this shit works? You know, like getting a train. Yeah. Oh, could I get a taxi? You know, I didn't know. And uh, it was really good because it, it, the crazy thing happens is I was so scared of feeling like, because here's the thing, man. I couldn't even work with McDonald's or anything like that, man. Because think about it. I, yeah. I don't have so papers. Have no I'm visa. not a European. I have nothing. So it was either like a do or die situation, right? And I was young, I didn't have no social circle, I was not influential, but I had a lot of conviction. That's what a lot of people don't understand is, some, of course you need skills. I think there's like three main factors that make you become successful in any area. I think it's like, first of all, skill. Number two is volume. And number three is conviction, confidence. So I had a little volume, but I didn't have, uh, I didn't have the, the skill as I have now. But I had one thing, I had conviction. 
I was like, I'll make that shit happen. I'll make whatever it takes to make it happen. And the crazy thing is, after a month, that that's when the crazy part happens. That's because I got so scared that like my first month, I was literally like networking with everybody, going to all the bars, meeting guys. So what I used to do is like going to forums and groups and say, oh yeah, let me, let's just hang out. And then I was hanging out with the guys and start approaching girls in front of him, doing all the crazy shit, making out with girls in front of him, like as if nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And then they would ask me about it. Oh, how the fuck you did it? That was all. Then we'll talk about the course and the training and things like that. And then uh, a month after, man, that happened, that crazy thing happens. A month after, I met a guy. He was from Venezuela. He's a good friend of mine nowadays yet. Uh, I met a guy. He was from Venezuela. He was living in Spain, but he used to work in Abu, he used to work in Abu Dhabi. Mm. So he had made money. So he had money for printing. So I said, oh, he was oh, I was like, he was a friend of a friend of mine. He, my friend introduced me to him. And uh, the guy was like, okay, I want to do a training with you. I was like, okay, 3,000 euros. And he said, well, I don't have a lot of money right now because I just bought an apartment. But what if I do like that? You can stay two months in my apartment and I give you like some cash. I was like, on it. And then here's the thing, man. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I grounded. I got an apartment and bro, like, think about it. I was living in the hood. Then after I was like living in a fucking amazing apartment by myself because he only come every 15 days, you oh, know? Man. So I was just there in a fucking amazing flat, bro. So think about that experience. And of course, the crazy thing is that's what I, I think is cool to talk to the guys. The ego is the enemy. Because sometimes when you grow up too fast or you not get used to it, you get delusional. So in my head, I would think that I was rich. Like, you know, I have 500 years, 1,000 years in my pocket. I didn't have a job and I have a nice flat. And I'm 24, 20, 23, 24. You know what I mean? Like, you think you're rich. You think you're at the ball and you think you're a gangster. So I stayed there for a while. And then after I need, my visa expired, I need to come back to Brazil. So I came back to Brazil and then I came back to the favela again. So I was living there. And then like, kind of had like the crash. I was like, oh, I got this. And then I went down again. Right. Mm. So the coolest thing was, all right, I'm here again. And, and then, like, I, here's the thing. Like, when I came back to Brazil, nobody knew me because I used to work for the company in Brazil then I make my own, but I was only working in Europe. So what happens is I came back and I went to live with my father. So that really made me very pissed with myself because I was like, wait, I was living all this high lifestyle in Europe, making all these weird European women. And, and now I'm here with my father, like, broke. I, do not even have, I literally have no money. So I was like, nah. Need to do it again. So then after, start working Ju- July, before my birthday, 18th of July. I came back to Barcelona, 17th of July. Then I came back again. For but this, yeah, for another round, season two. You know, so I came back. There's a crazy I live in Barcelona, 2016, 17, 18, 19. Three months, three months, three months, three months, like all the time. So in 2017, I came back. Life was a little bit better. I already had clients, like, when uh, waiting for me in Barcelona in 2017. Power of networking. And then uh, my visa expired. So I was like, okay, now I have a little cash. I had like 3,000 euros. Like for a 24-year-old, you have 3,000 cash in hand. I was like, okay, I can either come back to Brazil. And 3,000 is a lot of money in Brazil, especially who like, fuck. Man, 3,000 euros in Brazil back in that time, that would be equivalent to maybe almost like six months of no work. Six Just chilling. Months no work. Just six chilling. Six months of no work. Yeah, just chilling, you know, back in time. Like, yeah, yeah. Three thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, depends. Like on the standards of the hood. Over here. That's yeah, like on the hood. Like, yeah, you could stay like three months, maybe like six months, but like but and three com- four and, months. And live comfortably. If you want to live comfortably, you could like three months, three to four months. You can live. So comfortably. you're telling me I could just work a couple weeks here and head to Brazil. Yeah, 
three, four months, you'll be good. With $3,000. Now, three, four months, that's 3,000 equivalent to, 3,000 years is equivalent to 15, 16,000 reais. Yeah, you could stay at least three to four months chilling. Going to the gym, eating well in a nice Airbnb. I need to live my life a bit more. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Fuck Angler, bro. Make the peace and get out and spend it elsewhere. You know? And then, like, my decide, I was like, okay, I can either come back to Brazil or I can push it through. So I was like, okay, I'm going to move to London. So then I came to London in 2017. That's why I'm like, UK doesn't surprise me because I've been here for a while. And... Uh, see, you recognize those monsters. Monsters. <laughs> 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 wow. You know, and then I came to Brazil. I came to UK, stayed there for like five months. And uh, the crazy thing is I had some cash and then I went to live in the most expensive neighborhood. I went to live in West London. So I went to Nothing Hill. But why I went there? Because I was out. Oh, guys have money there. So then I went there, started doing that, networking. Then I started closing some clients and then... Made the big bowlers. You know, and then the rest, the rest is story. Because here's the thing, like a lot of guys don't understand that if you have a really good skill... And back in time, like... I didn't have, I had a lot of volume in the beginning, right? So I was approaching meeting people. Then after I started developing this, I, then I had the conviction from the volume. Because first you have the volume, aka the reference experience. Then from the volume, you get the confidence, right? Like you get, as Alex or Moses say, you don't need to build confidence, you build evidence. So for example, if you build evidence of like, I am who I believe I am, that's it, right? So I build evidence, so I had the conviction. After that, I got the skills, and what happens is, if you get in a position in a country, in a city, there's, there's a lot of men that are high value, and you have the skills and you have the value, sometimes men that have a lot of money, but they don't have value. But if you have a lot of value, then you can make a lot of money. Mm. That can be like Dubai, New York, London. Because think about it, if the money doesn't go to your pocket, they're going to go to somewhere else's pocket. Period. So if he's not spending with you, example, if the guy's not spending with me, like in dating coaches, he might be spending like three thousand pounds in a bottle, like with a Russian model, and using cocaine in in London. Yeah, true. Yeah. Or being a sugar daddy, whatever. Like, do you understand <laughs> what I mean? So it, you need to take whatever is yours. You need to go there and make it happen. So I came in, and after that, like I started building, and then after two thousand eighteen, that's when things start getting stable. I was not more afraid. I was like, oh, I'm gonna die for the work like tomorrow. You know what I mean? But for the the first three three years, like three, four years of my business, it was hard, you know? Then in 2018, I got interviewed in a Brazilian podcast. And then after that, I started getting a lot of Brazilian leads. And then I was like, okay. Because back in time, I was only doing boot camps, right? The boot camp is like presidential training. You have to go like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, bring the guys to clubs, bring the guys during the day to approach women, getting more comfortable, more more confident. Back in time, as I say, back in time, that was only working with seduction. Yeah. Right, that one to 2018. Then I started getting like some some clients, getting started getting uh, work on the internet, mm -hmm. online, and then um, I got this podcast, and then I started getting these leads, and then understand what actually what what they want, and then I started changing my mind and changing my way of working. I was like, okay, I don't need to travel around; I can just work online, and that's when the Man Up, that's the name of my brand, that's when Man Up uh, was created. So then I start okay, I don't need to talk only about women because I start getting bored of only talking about women, seduction, picking up women. I was like, what are the reasons that make a man don't have success with women? Because here's the thing, everybody talks about, oh, I want to get more girls, but nobody talks about what is the reason that prevents guys to have girls. So what are the reasons? I think number one definitely is the self-image, the way that you actually men, they see each other, they see themselves. I think that's the first thing. Like self-image, the way that you see yourself. A lot of men, they... Even though he may be successful, he has money, he doesn't have success. Maybe for a bad social conditioning, 
bad parenting, bad negative experience in school or in high school, whatever. Or sometimes like a social circle. Think about it. Some how many guys you met that like has an incredible potential, but he only hangs out with losers, and the losers prevent him to step it up. Because anything that the same with the hood. Sometimes you say, "Oh, I want to get out there." Man, are you crazy? Why are you talking about that? Go, let's like play NBA. You know what I mean? So I I think the one of the main reasons is definitely self image. The number two is laziness, and number three is ego. Because like a lot of men, they don't want to pay the price to succeed. They don't want to get rejected. They don't want to get pain. They don't want to. They just think they that just they deserve it. it. You know what I mean? And that's for everything. It's like, I think that's everybody already know that there's the three main reasons, right? Either you're arrogant with the process and you think they're beyond the process. They don't need to pass. Oh, but I'm a doctor. It's like, oh, no, no, I'm a doctor. What are people going to think? Oh, I'm a CEO. So if you're arrogant, you think that you're above the process, either you're lazy, right? So you don't want to do the fucking work. You know what the fuck you need to do. You just don't do it. Or the number three, there's what? You're ignorant. You lack knowledge. That's it. That's literally the three reasons for anything. Getting women, meeting, uh, meeting women, uh, getting money, creating a business, whatever is the reason, that's literally the three main factors that are preventing a lot of guys from succeeding. Crazy. So when you did all these podcasts in Brazil, is that when you started to just do just a normal July stuff? Yeah, so as I said, um, that was in 2018. I got interviewed by this Brazilian guy. Hi, shout out to him. Um, and I started getting these leads, and I was like, "What the fuck gonna do with that?" Because <laughs> I started seeing so many DMs. So then I created well, DMs like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, 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 what advice would you give? Not only advice, like what do you have to sell, like what course do you have, what is the training? That was the thing. And I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> and then I one day, uh, that was kind of funny, man. Like one of my most successful trainings, I coach over, I don't know, four hundred people at least, like since two thousand eighteen, just with this project, just, just with this project. Invictus, that's how I call. Uh, I was smoking weed in the couch with a friend of mine, and then I had the idea. I was like, oh, what if I do a training of eight weeks and I have two sessions per week and I talk about discipline, leadership, blah, blah, and then I created the training and I sold it. And I was like, okay, let me sell it. And I sold for a cheap price. Oh, let's see, see how it is. And Brazil was like 700 reais. I was like, oh, let's see how it is. That was like $150. I was like, let's see how it is. Okay. And then I sold it. I was like, okay. Then I, okay, from 700, I'm going to do 1,000. Then I sold it again. I was like, oh, right. Then I took 1,500. Then I sold it. Then 2,000. Now it's like 3,000, but I was like, okay. And then I put like 10 people, 10, 15 people. Then I was like, okay. Now I make the same money as like a judge in Brazil and I work twice, two hours a week, three hours a week. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not with the same effort. Um, not even the same effort. I mean like the same, um, what is the word in English? It's not as dangerous like as being a judge and like stressful as being a, ju oh, a judge. Yeah, I really yeah, something yeah. that I really it's like, like to do. The wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. You might be, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, my visa was about to expire. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep doing it. And then I, I was working online. I got got some cash traveling. And then uh, that's when I really started being a digital nomad. So my I was in Barcelona. My visa was about to expire again. But now, 2024. 2024, Fabrizio gonna have like the the the, the residence to live in, in Spain, so I'll be fine. So I don't need that's to get the fuck. I don't need to get kicked. I don't get kicked. Because here's the thing: there's like some reasons, some ways to get the the visa uh, to live there. But I was like, man, I don't want to wait five years. But now, now I was like, okay, now I have the money. I can make there's easier ways to, to get it. But so I don't need to get kicked out for the, the bazillion of time. So my visa was about to expire. I was like, okay, where should I go? And then I talked to a friend. I was like, oh. You should go to Croatia. I was like, oh, let's do it. Then I went to Croatia. 
from Croatia. Then we start traveling in Croatia. That was the first digital nomadic uh, adventure, 2018. So in four months, I did Croatia, Bosnia, the Baltics, right? So I did Croatia, Bosnia, Montenegro, and Albania. Albania only for a night. We got a car and we drive all these places. Then I went to Serbia. I stayed there for two months. Then from Serbia, after that, no, one month. Then after Serbia, I went to Bulgaria, went to Romania, went to Moldova, Ukraine, Russia. So I was just traveling, you know, like just kept going, you know. Then, then after, and all of this is a car, just drives the country, stay in it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like pretty much what I, know, I just don't know. But here's the thing: what a lot of people don't understand is, even though I travel, my habits are still the same. Today, what I was doing when you when you sent me a text. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what people don't understand. Like there's a big difference between you being like a digital nomad and you being like traveling vacations. Because travel vacations, you don't have you do whatever the fuck you want. You get wasted every day. Like <laughs> British people in Thailand, you get wasted every day. You don't take control of your diet. Don't give a fuck about anything. That's it. Like as a digital nomad, no. I have like I need to work. I need to study. I have of course. Sometimes I'm gonna fuck around like I'm doing today, right? <laughs> As I was doing today. But I mean, you still need to do things. Example, I work every day. I go to the gym five times a week. I doesn't matter where I am. I will find a gym. I will find a good food. So even though I change the reality, I still doing my same habits. Do you understand what I mean? And I, I think what now is the difference is because, of course, now I travel so much. I don't travel for novelty. Like, oh, what is the next country? Because I already saw everything. So I'm gonna give a fuck. I literally don't like. It's not like impressive, like wow. Because mm-hmm. in the beginning, that's a it, literally that's how the human beings are. You know, it's the dopamine. On the beginning, of course, everything gonna be amazing, but after, it's not gonna be new anymore. And that's when a lot of people they stop, or they either they stop doing, or they give up, or whatever. In my case, I was like nowadays, as with my travelings, is what is the value that I wanna have from this trip? So, example, why I went to Spain? I was like, well. I was in Barcelona all summer because I was like, that's the place for me with the most amazing, one of the most amazing, interesting girls and the best part is to be. Plus also the gym and the ecosystem on summer, man. Barcelona for me is the best place to be on summer, 100%. Like uh, I was there from July until beginning of September. Then like my friends were in vacation. I was like, okay, let's go Turkey. Why went Turkey? I was like, let's have like a cultural thing. Let's go to Cappadocia to see the balloons. Let's see the horses. Let's ride horses in the sunset. Let's understand how the Muslim culture works. Let's see the, how the world works. So as up after here, I'm going to Thailand, right? It's gonna stay 45 days in Thailand. Why? I'm gonna be doing Muay Thai, so practicing martial arts. So you know, every place that I go now has like a reason, the value. Of yeah. what is the value that I want to have from this experience? It's not like oh, I want to get girls. You can get girls everywhere, you know. It's like I think it's literally what is the value that I want to take from the experience, and that based on that, then I decide I want to get culture, I want to get uh, fit, I want to get smarter, I want to make more money, I want to get more connections. I think example, I came to London. I was like, okay, I came here. What was the reason? I came from fucking Turkey. I was like, well, I think I'm gonna be amazing. I think it's time for us to start. Coming uh, in podcasts in in English is the this is the second one. I wish it was the first one that was yesterday. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's almost like a, it's not being twenty four hours, you know. So mm-hmm. we, we can pretend it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't worry, this one might come see you. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I say, uh, what is the value I want to have from the from the traveling? So I think that's what is different because if you only think they're gonna be everything gonna be new, it's just not. Because I'm been telling that because I mean with this nomadic life since like two thousand eighteen. 
You know, I live in a lot of Airbnbs, a lot of places. And, and of course, for a person that is not used to it, they're going to think, wow, they're going to be so impressed, you know, because they're going to think, oh, my life is better or whatever. But it's not. You still need to do the, a lot of things. Otherwise, it's just going to be boring. You know, you still need to have the habits. You still need to get the grind. Otherwise, you're going to, if you lose the focus, then you're going to be fat. Then you're going to not make money. So it's very important for people to understand that. That's crazy. I was going to say to you, with this dating coaching life and everything you're doing right now, how did you even first start getting into dating? Like, what made you think I want to be a dating coach? Well, there's a thing. Like, it's it's well, not you're like be uh, skipped past the whole of that. <laughs> just what made you just randomly want to say I want to be a dating coach? Well, as I say, like, even though I nowadays I don't think I'd work only as a dating. Even the dating is like. 30%, I think nowadays I work more as a personal development. I could say that I'm a strip psychologist, you know, that's how okay. I like to call myself. Because I actually studied psychology for two years. It's something I really like. I might get back and I want to graduate, not because of the job, but I want to do it for the knowledge, you know. But the only problem is I stay in only one spot mm. for the next four years, four years, three, four years. And that's if you go back to USA or? No, I can I might do in Spain. You oh, know? you do in Spain? I might do it next year or soon. But I want to, that's something I put it for like until my 35, 36, I want to get like a diploma. But just because I want enough for the money, like for the knowledge, because I love what I, I love to study, you know. Even though I study on my own, it's not the same. I want to sit there and devote that. You know, so when I'm 40, 50, I'll become intellectual. That's like my, my goal. You know what I mean? Like I really like the knowledge. Like become a wizard, you know what I mean? Um... As I say, like, nobody wakes up and, like, when, oh, with eight years old in, in school, say, oh, what do you want to be? I want to be a dating coach when I, grow up, <laughs> when I grow up, right? It just happened. It just happened. That's, that's literally what it is. Because back in time, uh, that was in 2015, approximately, my biggest goal was to be a DJ and music producer. That's what was my focus on mm. it. So I was devoted on it. I was learning music, learning how to produce. I used to uh, produce house music and progressive. That was my thing. I used to be obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. Like every day I take hours, like playing hours and hours and hours. That was my thing. No, it still is, but now it's more as a hobby. But back in time, I used to be obsessed. I'm the kind of guy that used to go to clubs just to meet like these international DJs. Oh, Chess are going to play. Oh, I'm going to go there and try to do network with him. That was my goal. You know, people just go there to have a good time at the festival. So, no, I would try to meet this person, you know, so I can talk to him and talk about music. So I was very obsessed. And then I, it happened, like, I got, uh, that was, like, 21, 22, right? I'm, I was, like, hanging out with a girl. I was living in Sao Paulo, as I say, with my mom. And she was living in Rio. And, like, we were hooking up. She was not my girlfriend. but was, like, having a thing. And she... She... She fumbled, right? You got fumbled, right? Fumbled? Fumble, yeah, she yeah. fumbled. What do you mean? She, she, wait, what do you mean she, she fumbled me. Like, she she changed me by another guy, you know? She she kicked my butt and, like, was with a guy. She said that it was not, it was not a, his, her boyfriend. She was a gay best friend. I was like, this is weird. I, this doesn't ring a bell, you know? And then, like, she broke up with me. But the thing is, like, it was really like an ego, as I say again. It was really good because it destroyed my ego. Because, like, the guy that she changed me, he was like smaller than me. He was not an interesting guy. He was not rich. He was no good quality. And I got very pissed. I was like, why this guy? If it was a better guy, I was like, all right, I understand. No, it was like, she dated down, you know? So I was like, oh, that's, that's, I got pissed. And then um, some days went by and I found myself, oh, you need to read this book. That was the game. I was like, I don't want to read that shit. Book the game. That's how it started, right? I was like, I don't want to go read this shit. This is like for geeks. I was like, fuck that shit. No, man, you need to read it. I was like, ah. Then one day I was like not doing anything. I was like, oh, let me read it. Then I started reading it and I saw about day games. Oh, this looks cool. So then I went on YouTube, searched it. I was like, oh, this looks cool. I will try it. So then I went there and tried it. 
and it worked. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I went to the street. And what I mean, it worked like I went to a woman, I approached her, say hi. And in Brazil, like, I, maybe it was luck, but I approached, say hi. We had a coffee. Then we made out. So I was like, wow. You know, like, what the fuck? I approached a girl. And think about it. I live with my mom, 21. I approached a girl in the street and we made out. I was like, wow. You know? Mm -hmm. So what happens when I have success? I got to search for more content. So then I start searching. Then it's cover foreign. Start consuming some content. There was a guy back in Brazil that had a business and they say, oh, we're actually looking for a trainee. I was like, oh, looks cool. I'm not doing anything. I would like to do that. So I went there, we met, and then like he kind of, be I became interesting. We started as like what? He started like teaching me some stuff. Then I started having a little bit more results. I started getting more confident. Then like he said, oh, we got to have a training. Do you want to come there to see what's up? And then I went there, see how it happened. Oh, that's cool. Then after a while, it brought me again. Now, this time I helped the guys. And I was like, oh, that's actually interesting. And then after, I started really enjoying. And then I quit my job and I quit my college and quit the college. Yeah. So, man, this is, this is, I don't want to keep in college. I don't like it. Because here's the thing, man. Once you get out of the matrix, you don't want to come back. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to come back to a nine-to-five job that you keep look, looking to the watch every time or pretending to work. Because, yeah. you know, man, we, <laughs> let's be honest, guys. Come on. You know, it is. You sabotage yourself and work. Oh, yeah, I'm going to pretend I'm doing that. I'm going to be there sitting there. I used to work as a seller in the, in the mall. So I used to go upstairs, like, to, to, uh, to get the clothes, right, to fix the clothes in the stock. And once you go there, just sleep, you know, like... You, you just fuck around because it's not yeah. meaningless, you, you know? You don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. You just keep looking to the top, the clock, oh, going to go to the bathroom, going to smoke a cigarette, whatever. That you you got to find a way to try to make the time go faster, <laughs> right? And uh, I got tired of that shit and I called him. That's the thing. I called him. I was like, yo, I quit the college. I want to start working with you guys fully. And he said, man, sorry, we actually don't have no no space for you, bro. Like, I, I, sorry, I cannot help you. And then he ring up. I was like, what the fuck? Then 30 minutes after you call me, because I know, man, I'm just joking. Anyway, you have a training like in a week from now, prepare a shit. It was in Rio de Janeiro. Prepare a shit. You're going to do your bootcamp on your own. Got to come another coach to see if you're good. He's he not going to interact. You're going to do all the training by yourself. So I went there and I coached like three guys. One of them was a good friend of mine. His name is Marcus. So I coached the three guys like for a weekend. I was like, oh, that's cool. I helped the guy. The guy had result. I also got result. I got paid and I'm traveling. I was like, okay, cool. So that was the first one was in Rio de Janeiro. Then the second one, I went to Florianópolis. It's in the south of Brazil. There's like three hours away. So I was like, oh, it's a new city. So like, wow. Then then I started going. And then I was like, all right. Start happening. But then after I was, okay. Then that's, as I say, like I started developing my mind. I started understanding what I really want, what actually dating means. Because I don't believe that dating is about strategies and techniques. I think it's about who you really represent and social awareness and understand how you can influence other people. That's what it is, yeah. right? But back in time, it was all about this PUA tech. And I was like, man, I don't believe in that shit. No, but you work for us. And then what is the crazy thing is when I was working for them, one of the main reasons that made me leave the drop then is because I was like, why we don't do trainings outside of Brazil? Why we don't try to do trainings in New York? Why don't we try to do trainings in London or Barcelona? And it was like, oh, we're too small fish, man. We cannot do that. I was like... All right. Then I kept working. I was like saying again, yo, why we don't do that? And he was like, man, this is not your business. This is not your company. <laughs> yeah. Because I was working for them, right? And yeah. I was like, you're right. This is not my business. This is not my company. I'm out. And then on the next day, I just created my own business. And I had this zero idea of how to create a business. But 
I had my business. You had your business. You know, yes. that was in 2016. And then after that, it just happened. And now it is what it is in Brazil, you know, and maybe global soon. You know what I mean? So, so what about what about that other business? Did they still check up on you? Like, oh, mate, you're doing The crazy thing, thing is, like, uh, from it was three guys. So what happens were only one is this your own business. He's kind of big, but, like, I, I actually crossed. I've already passed them. And results and everything, yeah, like. They cannot compete. That's the thing. Like the mentor, I like I I outwork my mentor. Mm. Yeah. yeah, like in everything. Like even though, of course, like he has a great base, he makes some money. Maybe he makes a little bit more money because I have a very big audience. Maybe a million subscribers on YouTube right now. Oh, he's but, a million on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. What's his channel? You know? Huh? Oh, is it, is, it, is it a Brazilian channel? Yeah, yeah it's a Brazilian channel. Because man, Brazil is very big, bro. It's two hundred thirty-five million people. So you know what I mean? Like and everyone's got their own audience. Man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, so it's one, the other TV's, one, yeah. yeah, one, the other one became like a dad, and the other one, like he, they, he, they had a beef with each other, and then like he stopped working. So like, and after a while, I helped him out. You know, so you know what I mean? So it's kind of crazy to imagine. Like I was a kid. It was almost like Avengers, you know, like Spider Man, like oh, and then like you <laughs> become part of it. That's how I feel yeah, like yeah, it. You know, yeah. that's how almost like you, how it was. You know, I developed my powers and. It's really interesting, man, because like for me, the coolest thing is it becomes it really became a thing. Like I coach over two thousand people already, you know, with courses and everything, trainings, workshops, and I was like, wow, I really actually that's that's actually meaningful. You're actually helping people out. You're seeing people having results. You're seeing people getting married. You you you're seeing people say, oh yeah, I got a better job, or you made me get got more confident, or like guys that as I have a student of mine, man, he he lost hundred pounds. Almost in a year, hundred pounds in a year, yeah. You know. What oh, I mean? I'm thinking twenty four second. Yeah. yeah. I about to say that's not a lot, but yeah, weight. <laughs> that's a lot of yeah. weight. You know what I mean? A hundred pounds in a year of kilos, like in Brazil, called kilos. Like you lost like 50, 60 kilos in a year. So you know, you see the meaning of your job and what is actually for me, man up from my business is really about me helping guys out, make them more feeling more confident, not even feeling like being more confident. Becoming more confident, you know, having good social skills, having good women around them, becoming respected by men and desired by women. I think that's what every man wants. Some men want to be polymerous, that's okay. And some men want to have a relationship, that's okay. But I think, like, you put yourself in a position that you have options to choose whatever the fuck you want to do with your life. And I don't think that a lot of men, they have that. Most of men, if you really think about it, they're invisible. They don't have the possibility of making things because either they don't have the skills or they have the social circle to elevate them. You know, and I think that's very important in the life of the young men nowadays. I wanted to ask you, what's the minimum you need to actually live this beautiful nomad lifestyle? I think it depends, on, as I say, it depends on your lifestyle, it depends on what you do, but... I think you can definitely live in most countries, with exception of like, of course, England and America. You can live with like three thousand dollars a month easily, no problem. Mm-hmm. Even less. Think about like Thailand. You can definitely live in less yeah, than three thousand yeah, dollars. Thailand, yeah. Thailand yeah. Brazil also. You can live in Brazil with less than three thousand dollars. Thailand, Colombia, uh, Barcelona. You can live with three thousand dollars, even less. You can like three thousand dollars is a safe budget. Three thousand dollars a month. Yes. So being a dating coach, and obviously, what 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 are the type of men you get that come to you that need the advice and help? That's very interesting because in the beginning it was like very as we expect, right? The weird nerdy guys they are like in the mom's basement. Skinny, that's that's how it started. Skinny. That's how it started. Yeah. 
But the way that I branded myself and the kind of content, I actually feel like even like my students in Brazil, they make fun. They say that I'm the Cobra Kai of the personal development, right? Because like the strife first, no worse. I'm like literally the shadow. So most of my clients are actually successful men. Like I have guys already, I don't coach losers, bro. Like I don't, I don't coach losers. I don't have time. I don't, it's not like me. I want to be with a man that I can trust. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? So like I have like nowadays, I have my standards also. So, you know, because like the man up for me is not about women, it's about masculine energy. So I want to be with guys that either are masculine or guys that are becoming masculine. You understand what I mean? So most of my students are, if I could say like the main factors, I think like one, number one, I think a lot of guys, they didn't have good role models mm. and they see me as a good role model. Number two, they don't have like a, a good father or have absent father. So they don't have like the masculinity authority, masculine authority. And I think the number three, a lot of guys, I think, that search for this kind of content are guys that are very logical. And think about it, guys that think too much, they act, they act less. Or if they don't act less, they become boring and people don't want to be around them because they think too much. And I think the fourth, I think it's like a lot of men also that I, that I work, that I coach, is guys that they don't have their work and life balanced together. So it's guys that like they work too much, but they even have the cash, but they don't know how to spend it. You understand what I mean? It's like the kind of guys that are like, oh, yeah, let's hang out. No, man, I'm focused on my business. But it's fine. You need to focus on your business. You need to focus on your work. But you do that all the time as a way of coping mechanism. Do you yeah. what I mean? You escape from reality with your work. You use your work as a way to say, oh, yeah, I don't need to go meet this girl because like I'm busy working. I'm not going to go to the gym because I'm busy working. Oh, I see some side eye here. I see some side eye right now. Oh. <laughs> The tension, the tension right now. You know what I mean? So I think like it, it's it's part of the process. I see a lot of guys that are like they don't have the work and life balance, you know. And I think another reason I think is also the main factor is the same as happened with me. Think about it, a lot of guys they either were in a relationship for one, two, three, four, five years, and now they broke up with their girlfriend. So what the fuck should they do? It's the same if you go to prison, man. Think about you 10 years in prison. Now you get out, the word is another word. Mm. It's literally like that. Like, what the fuck? Think about it. You literally live the. Okay, what the fuck am I gonna do now? Think about it. Let's say you've been in a relationship. I'm telling you out of experience. Let's say you had a relationship from like 2016 to 2023. The world is completely different, man. Back in time, people didn't even have like Instagram. People didn't have like. They used to use Facebook and Tinder, and that's it. And Tinder was not as big as it is now. So the whole process of dating changed. No, because people change. Nothing stays the same. So I think a lot of guys they don't they they need to get someone to make them back on the action, you know, back to the game. Have a good profile, learn how to communicate themselves, understand like how to be more emotionally resilient, have like uh, become more perspicacious, learn how to polish and uh, your words and craft your words. So I think a lot of guys they don't have that. So they need they need the extra push. It's like okay, I'm I'm back. Okay, you know so what I mean? What's the best approach to dating then? Talking online or straight in person? I think like. It depends on the region that you live. That that's something that a lot of people. Birmingham, England, this city right now. Birmingham. I I think like as based on what I saw, even though online based is very on appealing. Based on what I saw, <laughs> even though online dating sounds more appealing, I think day game is the best for sure. England is very good on day game because think about man. Uh, as I say, I think like I like to say, there's four ways of you meeting women, right? So you do meet women uh, through social circle. That's what a lot of, most of men, that's how they do. They don't approach girls like, oh, you have a friend. Oh, can you hook up with your friend? 
or you have a friend that had a sister. That's how people do normal. That's what most of average people do. They have a friend. They have a friend. That maybe the person that works on your on your work or on the school. That has someone. Either social circle, night game meaning women during nightlife, day game and online game. That's the ways that you meet women. That's the ways. But I think I literally see that as stock marketing. You know, so it depends on your lifestyle. It depends on what you want. Oh, I want casual. Then nightclubs are the best. I want to find maybe a girlfriend material. Then meeting women during the day is the best. You know, I think it varies towards what you want. Because like uh, online game is very good. Yes. But think about it. You have more competition. Why? Because there's less effort. Sure. Do you understand what I mean? It's less effort. Just swipe up. So you're not the only one approaching her. You're not the only one on her DMs. So it's you against like maybe a thousand men, a hundred thousand men. Maybe it's like, do you understand what I mean? It depends on the kind of girl, the, the caliber of the girl. It's a lot of men. It's like Tony Mafood DMing her, Jay Alvarez telling her to come to Bora Bora, you know, jet ski in Dubai. Depends on the, you know, you guys know how it is. Like it yeah. depends on the woman. So I think like if I could choose, I think day game is definitely the best. Because I think mm. day game, why? Because not every man got to have the balls to approach a girl during the day. Second of all, you have like more quality women because not every girl that hangs out during the night, during the day, gonna hang out during the night. And third, you have less external factors. So you don't have like friends to cock block, and there's no alcohol, scene, music. So I think you have a tendency to meet more likely, more genuine, interesting, and genuine women. You know, and when I say not only during the day or only approach women, but let's say you go to a museum or you go to a nice gym or, or on a nice off peak hours, or you're doing certain activity, maybe like uh, yoga, meditation, whatever. You can you can meet some spinning classes, Zumba classes, dancing. You can meet like more interesting people that are doing something. You know, and I think like during the night, of course, you can off meet women. As I say, it's not like a black and white situation. You know, but I think it's you have more chances during the day than during the night if you know what you're doing. That's interesting. So uh, someone who does sales, we like to break conversation with icebreakers, icebreakers when you do your door. How would you approach a woman? I think it depends on the situation because okay, I, so I literally use, I use the so situation. Let's just say there was a woman in a public setting. You see now, let's say, supermarket. You see her just on the side. How would you Yeah, do but that's what I mean. Like a lot of guys, they don't understand that uh, they become very logical and they think that like the opener gonna do the thing, but it's not. It's like the whole the whole context because part of what a lot of guys don't understand about dating is that most of the time they're just speculating. It's the same as stocks. You're literally speculating. Remember the scene of the Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're Jimmy Buffett, if you're Warhead Buffett. Doesn't matter if the stocks go up, down, or in circles. It's all fugazi. It, it is because you only speculate. You can only know if you take the action. So it doesn't so actually same, fucking so matter. So same with a woman. You just no matter how it is, just approach. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because like even though if you have the perfect, carefully crafted approach, you don't know if she has a boyfriend. You don't know if yesterday <laughs> yeah. like another guy hit on her. You don't know if like the ex boyfriend of her is coming to the town. You don't know. Do you understand what I mean? So it really depends. I don't think there's a black and white. So it depends on also how you're feeling. Sometimes you're not like talkative. Sometimes you can be more low-key, yeah. nonchalant version. What you say? You just got to shoot your shot. I don't think it's only to shoot your shot, but I think if I could say most of the time, I like to use what is around the environment. So it's not, I already approach, I'm going to say, why are you walking so fast? That's Even though it sounds stupid. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, why are you walking so fast? Oh yeah, cool anyway. Nice to meet you. I'm Fabrice. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, oh ask you for a direction because the opener not going to do, the opener is literally like, think about it. The opener is like the boxing. It's like a jab. You know, the jab is not for you knock the person out. 
It's good for what? To measure the distance. Maybe you can knock it out on the first jab. Yeah, we have a great opener. Great. But it's just not the movement. You know, it's just, I like to say that the opener is more for you to test the waters. Because, you know, like maybe the girl, you, she's hitting on the gym. You can like say anything stupid. Say, oh, like, example, right? Approach a girl saying, you, you come here every day, right? Oh, yeah, I come here every day. Okay, I'm not going to work out this time. Why? Because you make me distracted. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it really doesn't matter. Because if you have only the opener, what is the rest? The rest is what is important. The context, if you like how you're dressing yourself, the way you're carefully with your energy. I think that's way matter way more than the opener. Because think about it. Sometimes a guy can have a good opener. But if he doesn't know how to carry on the conversation, if he doesn't know how to lead the women, the interaction going to die. So it's better for you to have like a better game than to have a better opener. Because think about the time that you're speculating like with the opener or what should I say, you just stuck your head. Mm. It's better for you to shoot a shot and based on what she's saying, then you can use what? Social awareness. Is she comfortable with my approach? Mm. You know, if she's actually interested, is she engaged? Not. Is she interested or not? What actually she looks like? Oh, she looks like she's the kind of girl that goes to the gym. She looks like a girl that goes like musician. She doesn't look she's from here. She looks like she's from another region it really depends on the situation you know and i think a lot of guys it spend more time thinking about the perfect things to say than actually going there and doing it you know because you don't fucking know and even if you have the best opening you still not gonna fucking know into your approach that's what i mean that's why it's very like a speckle it's paradoxical you know so that's why it's better for you just approach and whatever the way you're feeling just say any fucking random thing sometimes you can even go straight say yo i think you're attractive just come here say hi to you that's it you know, there's no like in between. Why you need to keep it on it? But that's why I mean that the context is different because let's say you're in a, in a public center. There's a lot of people. Okay, sometimes it's not better for your approach direct. You can say, oh, can you give me some direction? Oh, anyway, I just want to say hi to you. That's it. Because like there's also the social pressure of the environment and all these kind of things. Like maybe the girl can feel pressured. But in the end, it's really about first your approach, then you see what happens. Then it's the same as a car. Can you fucking park a car where the car stopped? No, the car needs to be in movement. Mm. That's the same thing. So what's the next stages after that? So you've basically broke the conversation. Then what? I think, uh, this, the, so first of all, is like testing the waters, right? Approach. Yeah, how, you, I mean, like how a step-by-step step approach? Yeah, yeah. I think like, let's break it down, let's right? It down, I think yeah. first, approach, right? After approach, disclaimer, the reason they approach the girl. Okay. I think you're interesting. Like I think you're beautiful. <laughs> you know, I think you're interesting. I think you're beautiful. You look sexy. You look hot, whatever. After that, I think there's the third one is the identification. Think about it. A woman should want to be with a guy that you guys are either in the same level or in the same reality. So I think that's when it enters the commonalities. So that's when it creates the rapport. After the rapport happens, what? Security. What is security? She needs to feel secure with your approach. And then after that, logistics. Because think about it. If a girl, she's not feeling safe talking to you, nothing going to happen. She's not going to give her phone to you. She's not going to like um, go on a date with you. or In an instant, they like, oh, let's have a coffee because she doesn't feel safe with you. So that's why I mean, like, energy matters way more than only, like, all the, the, the interaction. You know what I mean? It's really about that. So first, approach. Second, disclaimer. Third, uh, rapport. Creating rapport, right? Then fourth, security. Making she feel safe with your presence. You know, feel she's, if she's actually in or not. Because you guys know. You can you can tell, man. You can tell. I can give an example. Like, I was in the hood in Brazil, in Rocinha. I approached a girl, but I was like... I'm out. I'm. I don't live here. I'm an outsider. This girl is very hot. She's very ridiculously attractive. I gotta see what's up. So it took me three days to approach her. I was saw her on the first day. I was like, oh, let me see. Second day, 
Then on the third day, she's like, just give me some eye contact. Like, you see what's up, what is going on, like that. That's it. Like, looking around. Then on the third day, I was like, oh, you're doing this as a side. You shouldn't do it like that. You should do it like this. He said, oh, yeah, thank you. I was like, oh, she was, she was nice. She was, okay, cool. Kept working out. So she doing another exercise. This time she came and said, oh, this is the right way? Hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> cool. I went downstairs. She went downstairs also. So think about it. This is the kind of thing. Like a lot of guys don't understand. One of the I took years to figure out that. But with females, a female she not gonna put herself if she doesn't if she's, if she's attracted to you, she gonna put herself in a situation that she's around you. Think about it. When you're in a nightclub, you see a girl. Now she's in, in front of you. That's her way of saying, "Yo, go talk to me." I know they're probably like it happens the same. Like fuck. <laughs> right like shit how the fuck i never paid attention on that but if you really think about it like how many times you saw a girl you guys made eye contact she now in front of you on your sides doing exercise with her friend that's the way of she saying hi to you that's what i mean the end is really about you being active because what happens is a lot of guys are gonna be oh yeah gonna work on my smv and look fit blah 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 it's still not gonna happen she's not gonna approach you maybe one or two girls gonna approach you but girls don't engage in conversations it's always you they need to start the conversation period because think about it, it's the feminine and the, and the masculine. If you want to be a guy that you only rely on looks, and like I'm telling you because back in time, 2013, remember this? Remember the, the aesthetic, you know, the six-pack guy? I used to like see that guy as a hero. I, I still like him, but like even though he, he died and shit. But nowadays when I see her post, I was like, man, these fucking suck. Because that's you being feminine. Because think about it, just you being handsome, waiting for the girls to just come there and say hi to you. That's what a girl do. She feels she feel pretty waiting for you for your approach her. Mm. What I mean know is the action, the active. Women are passive, men are active. So you are the one that always need to start the conversation. If she comes and say hi to you, awesome. But you cannot rely on that. Fair enough. Okay, as a six step by step process. <laughs> for free. <laughs> for free. For free. Sick. So building on from that, obviously as a dating coach. What are some of the common things you see that men struggle with themselves? The ones that especially feel invisible, I could imagine. They, they're the ones who probably text you the most because there's a majority of them yeah. than they are the high value people. Yeah, people. man, one thing that a lot of people don't understand and think about it, what is the biggest things that men want? Money and women, right? Money, money women. Status. Money and women. Money and women status. But I think more money and women than status. Status comes after. Yeah. First, because think about it, money and women are important for your survival because first you need to reproduce and second you need to eat. Period. If we really go break it down in a simple way, that's it. So we, we, if we really think, we actually have hierarchies as society. We all know that. Not everybody knows that, but you guys know that. We have hierarchies. So a low-status guy and a high-status guy, they're not going to have the same lifestyle. The same as, let's say they're dating the same woman. They're not going to have the same women. Even though they might be dating the same girl, they're not going to have the same experience. Mm. So think about it. If you're a high-status guy, you meet a girl... Let's go to my house. Okay, you smash her on the first day. If you're a low set of guy, oh, I'm not very sure if I'm going to hang out with you. Maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe never. Oh, maybe I'm not comfortable. Let's hang out three, four, five, six days. Bring me to this restaurant, next restaurant. That's how it is, right? So I think what a lot of guys that are in the lowest hierarchy they struggle with is because they are there for a reason. That's what a lot of people don't say. The same as with a job. If you're not making money, you're not producing value because the people that are hiring you, they don't see the value. What is the reason? Is the way that you brand yourself? Is your 
flaws on your character. That's what some, some people don't understand. What's your flaws in your character? Why is like your, your character flaws? You're very controlled. You're a controller person. You're passive. You're passive aggressive. So if I could say the traits of the incels, right? The guys are invisible to women. Most of the time, they're very passive aggressive. Mm, passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Yeah, then Mr. Mm. Nice Guy is a passive aggressive guy. What is a passive aggressive? Someone that cannot tell uh, what he wants or measure what he needs. He cannot imply that on him. So you're going to use other ways, manipulation, sarcasm, lies, irony. That's what you're going to do. You're not going to like say what you really want to say. You're going to say it in a different way. You know? Or let's say like you... Let me give you an example. What is the biggest thing that the Mr. Nice Guy cannot do? He cannot say no. Mm. Right? So let's say you have a video editor. Say, yo, I need you to drop to edit this video for me at 9 a.m. He can... If I, he's a guy... So, yo, bro, can I give you at 9 a.m.? Maybe I can give you at 4. What he's going to do is like, oh, yeah, I can do it. Then it's 8 a.m. and he doesn't reply to you. 8.30 a.m. he doesn't reply to you. 9 a.m. he doesn't reply to you. He just disappeared. That's passive. That's the same thing with guys. Like sometimes, like a woman is doing something he doesn't like, he's not going there and saying what he what he wants. So he's manipulating the situation, gaslighting the woman, but he's not gonna say what he really wants or show what he really wants. So I think a lot of guys are passive aggressive. Number two, they have bad habits, and one of the bad, biggest bad habits the guys have pornography. Pornography fucks and destroys your dating life. Period. Period. It destroys your dating life. Most of men. There are in cells are guys addicted to pornography. Think about it. Who is the guys that are actually paying girls on offense? Guys are addicted to pornography. Guys are needy because they cannot get this girl. So it's almost like a way of stimulating he get this girl, but even though he's paying for it. Mm. It's a way of he getting her attention, but he doesn't get her real attention. Ch chatters. Come on, guys. You should know this by now. Well, chatters. Chatters. Yeah, you're yeah, speaking yeah. to a dude more than likely. Exactly. Or even chat GPT, maybe AI. Yeah. Soon you're going to come AI. You're going to be not even a dude. He's like a robot now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Getting so think about it. Robot. What is the characteristics of the guy that is lacks success with women? First, I think is like the passive aggressive behavior. Number two, addicted to pornography. Number three, he also is very entitled. That They have a lot of entitlement. So they, oh yeah, what a 10. But you're not a 10. You live on your mom. You don't make money. You're broke. You're boring. You, you don't have nothing that's going to make the girl want to be with you. You're not fun. You're not interesting. You don't have money. You're not good looking. So why the fuck they, they believe that a woman owes them something? And women don't owe you shit. Nobody owes you shit. That's the thing. Think about it. They become entitled. The moment that you think the society owes you something, that's when you lose control of yourself. Because you're waiting for someone to save you or you're waiting for like, remember, think about it. What is the biggest lie that our moms or our grandmas tell us? Just be a good man. The right woman going to show up. That's bullshit, man. It's not going to happen. You think what? Gonna, Pamela Anderson going to knock on your door and ask you for a cup of sugar and give you a blowjob? <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? This is not going to happen. This, yeah. is not, this is not happening. That's what a lot of people don't understand. This is, this is not what's actually going to happen. You understand? So like they they instead of they being active, they are passive. They think they're like, oh, a woman gonna show up? No, like is really think about women are driven to competence. Women want a man that knows what the fuck he's doing. It. When like whatever is your job doesn't matter. Like you know, 
she knows that you can communicate competence. You can talk. You can be like a guy that can talk. You're a guy that know how to dress good. You look good. You act good. You have good, respectful peers around you. You have you already have ambition or you display ambition. Think about it. Back in time, I used to live in the hood. Even though I was broke, I was still having success and nothing changed. Actually, the opposite. Now the days I get less girls. And what do you mean? What do you mean you get less girls? Because the girls that I want, they, there's not a lot of women that I want. It's almost like a reverse. So now my game is not attracting women. It's like filtering the woman that I want. And the girls that I want to idealize, there's not a lot of them. Because why they have all the characteristics, like, oh, I want a girl that's good looking, feminine, da, 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 da. Not all the women. So I need to narrow down to find the kind of girls that I want. Mm-hmm. I could, of course, hook it up with everybody, but no, I say what the girls that I really want. Because that's another thing that a lot of guys say, but there's a biggest difference between the girls that you want and the girls you can't. That's what a lot of guys don't understand. I also believe it's like a level thing as well. When you're at the bottom, you only accept what you can have. Yeah. And then as you go up, then it's like, nah, I want these kind of women. Exactly. Up, exactly. Kind of exactly. Women. And because here's the thing, man, like I had a lot, plenty of ex- experience, man. I've fucked every kind of woman, Asians, blacks, whites. I'm like almost like the NU, and you, right? Yeah. I'm like the <laughs> NU, bro. I'm the NU, bro. Yeah. Literally. Native Americans, Indians, Blacks, yeah. Brown, <laughs> Latinas, Russians, Baltics, everything. I think, I, I really don't even, like maybe it's just like uh, some, maybe like a real African woman, like it's just missing. I got Blacks, but not Africa yet. It's just, that's the only thing <laughs> the missing. The way it's not Africa yet. <laughs> yeah, yet, yet, yes. yet. <laughs> Africa, I need to get some Black woman. Yeah? Hey, hey, mister. Hey, mister. Hey, mister Black Diamond. Mr. Black Diamond, come here. You know? So I hook it up with every kind of woman that exists, like hot women, average women, low quality. Of course, nowadays, like every, above average and hot quality. So nowadays, I don't get impressed because I really got everything. So... There's not like anything like strippers, OnlyFans, models, supermodels, actresses. You see, like it really doesn't. It's not all cool, you know. It's like you become nonchalant after a while, right? And what a lot of guys understand that there's a main factor, man, of like the girls that you can and the girls that you want. And most of the guys they stay on the can. But here's the thing: when the girls that you can is not because it can be also by your value, but also what you believe that you can get, or because you're fucking lazy ass. You don't want to approach the girl that you want because you might feel that you're going to reject it. So you prefer to hang out with the girl that's a five instead of approaching the girl that's an eight, the girl that's a nine, the girl that's a 10. So that's why it becomes like a different reality. That's what I mean, like the low status guy and the high status guy. Because the high status guy, he's going to go on the girl that he wants. I don't care if I'm going to reject her. I'm only going to go on the girl that I really like. And what I mean that I really like is not only is she being hot. Being hot is easy nowadays. Lip filling, lip surgery, Botox, you know, all this bullshit. One, 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 one outfit and you're looking. Mm. Yeah, so you get some shine clothes and like, you know, like you put it, the booty looks bigger. You know mm. what I mean? Like that's not, that's not the thing. It's really about filtering. And I, I think that that's a problem. Like, cause the guys, they don't understand that. What, it, what do I need to take me to bring it to the next level? So think about it. Not every guy got to have the same reality. That's what a lot of people don't understand. So a lot of guys actually are extroverted. Oh, why men need dating courses? That's so stupid. You're saying that because maybe you have a good family. They're like, your father forced you to be sociable. You're out. But how many kids you see that like everybody's in families in the dinner table and the kids is just locked down in the room and he just stayed there. He never leaves. So think about it. All the years of social conditioning, you're not going to break that in only one day. You need to have a lot of fucking volume for you grow and then you got to start having the results that you want. 
So that's why I mean, like, a lot of guys, they only need skills, but a lot of guys, they need volume because they were living in a life that they don't interact with women at all. You know, it's not that because they are invisible, they make themselves invisible. You know what I mean? So I think that that's the difference. That's the main difference, man. So coming back to the subject to your question, I really think that it's bad habits, bad social conditioning, laziness, also very logical. Think about it. A lot of men that are in the dating, are, what are the, pro the profession? Programmers, mostly programmers, marketers, these guys that think too much. And think about it. You want to think too much and like the woman, woman don't want to think. Woman want to feel. That's it. That's literally everything they do with men that like you need to do the opposite with women. Women don't want to think. They want to feel. It's all about what is the experience they can provide. want to feel loved. They want to feel loved. They want to feel lust. They want to feel something. We it's better to feel something they don't feel out of. We have a superior, man. You know? Yeah, it's better to feel something they don't feel, no they don't feel nothing at all. So what, so, so what are some of the dating books you've read? Because you mentioned one of them which got you into all of this. Yeah, as I say, I think like uh, New Strauss, this book, The Game, is cool as a really, as a story. It's very interesting because it's literally the hero's path. Oh, the guy that was a loser, blah, blah, blah. It's cool. But if you really want a book that is about dating, I really think the best book that ever was reading about dating is The Models by Mark Manson. The Models. Mod models. Yeah, models by Mark Manson. It's attract. Then mm. the name of the book is Models by Mark Manson. Attract know. women. Attract women using honesty. Oh. That's the thing, man. Like I don't use all this bullshit. I just keep straight facts with the girls. I don't keep blah blah blah. No, there's no seduction. Oh, you look down like you reject her. I want to fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing. You can. But here's the thing. You can do it in a different way. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's way. up? What's your name? Yeah. That's the game. Oh, yeah, you come here often? Oh, cool. So you, you come here every day? Oh, yeah, I've been here in the gym. just came back. I'm from Brazil. Uh, you see, that's that's the real thing. The way I'm looking, it's kind of gay right now, but that's you know, need to demonstrate. But, pause, you know, pause, you know, pause, pause. You know what I mean? But, but, but the, yeah, the eye contact. But during the sound, I mean, that's a real game. The game is the energy they project, and that's what women want. So that's when you have that. Because here's the thing. You can read all the seduction books. But if you see you don't approach, nothing gonna happen. So you really gotta put out the reps out there. Gotta put out the reps. But it's the same as Jin. Like you don't get better in shape. You don't get a better shape just reading books or any shape. You're getting better doing gym. Think about it. You can go to the gym twice a week and read all the books, or you can go to the gym five times a week and don't read no book. Which one gonna have more result? It's volume. Vol I mean, here's the thing when we talk about volume it's not only for you think about the dating like oh I need to fuck every girl no it's literally the volume like putting yourself on the path of understanding social dynamics dealing with women dealing with objections dealing with rejection dealing with girls that are toxic dealing with girls that are neurotic mm -hmm. think about it. not every girl I mean, think about every woman is the same no each woman are different they might have like same opinions and things because they think collectively but each woman got to have different. So think about it. You approach a girl that's from Russia and you approach a girl from Brazil, they're not the same women because they're not from the same culture. You know, the same if you approach a girl from South Korea or from Thailand and you approach a girl from UK, they're not going to be the same culture. They're not going to be, the, they are not the same byproduct from the same environment. So that's why I think like uh, if you want to learn how to get good with women, what is the best thing you can do is having women around you so you can learn how to deal with their energy. For example, a lot of guys, they operate in a scarcity mindset, you know? So, like, they think the girl either going to run away or they're going to act needy, like, and creepy. And that's mm. what actually makes women push them away. 
So think about like you are you are with a woman and a woman can feel safe. Oh, I can sleep next to this guy. This guy's gonna be weird. They're not gonna be jerking off for like when I'm sleeping. Guys do that, man. That's Guys kind do of, that. Who ask does for that? girls. Who does that? Ask Nasty. for girls, man. Girls gotta tell you some stories about men. Like ask them. Like girl, guys do a lot of creepy shit because they're not. Think about the guys who do the creepy shit are the guys that are not used to women, and because of that they don't get the girls. Because a girl wanna be with them. It's the survival. A woman wanna be. Oh, I wanna be with a guy that I can feel safe with it. So what are the? So what would you? What are some of the things you would say? Men need to upgrade to help them in their dating life. Would you say, i.e. Finances, physical appearance. What did what did Matthew I think the first one. I think looking? physical starts with the. I think physical appearance is the best. So what I mean is not only looking good, but I mean like you get strong. Because think about it. Let's say your woman one day she gets sick and you need to carry her for like two kilometers in your arms. Some guys cannot do that. Two kilometers in your arm. Yeah, think about it. Like. No, but think about it. Like you're really grabbing your woman, or like something happens. I already, or like your grandma, you need to carry her. This I man need to be strength. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is why I go for the smaller women. <laughs> They're a lot easier to carry. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sorry. sense. You come like to the girl. I say sorry, girl. I'm not your level. I'm not a bodybuilder. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is a bodybuilder. <laughs> I go for the smaller no, ones. No, but think Easiest about it. Like you being strong, it's, I think strength is definitely one of the attractive features for women. Because think about it, a woman want to feel protective and safe. So like when you walk, it's not like you're being a body, but like you're strong. Because think about it, it's subconscious. Either men and women, they're going to look up to the guy that's strong. Think about when you see a guy that's strong, because like, I can fuck this guy up unconsciously. You're going to think, you're going to measure yourself to know. So that's the same yeah. thing. The first thing you look at. There's a the first thing, man. I got because like you can sell. <laughs> Even though you're not one, but you got a subconscious oh, thing. Oh, this one might be you a do that. Everybody does that, man. Nobody talks <laughs> oh, about one? it. Yeah, but yeah. think about it. And here's the thing: the physics is one of the things that you have control of it. Because what is about you getting a good? But I'm telling you, because I will show you how I look, used to look like when I'm two, in 2016. How old was you then, 2016? He said he wasted no time. He said everything. Man, like bro, you guys are like, give me your phone. It's faster. Well, Just YouTube, because you have like fasting because I'm yeah, roaming. Well, 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 I will show you and show you to the camera so you understand what I'm talking about, man. I said, let me get on the YouTube. Wait, wait, I think I, I have like a I'm photo when I was 18. Yeah, YouTube premium, but... yeah I, I think I can find it quick. God, what's the video? What's the video? Put, no, no, I, I have a, another way, a faster way. I, okay, I, I open my file. Yeah. What, what you look like when you was young? Yeah, yeah, when I was like 18, 19. Yeah. Wait, what is it? Yeah, I found it. That's Let's fucking funny. Let's see. How old was 18, 19, 20? Yeah, this 2013. I was 20 years old. Oh, what was that haircut? That's yeah. That, that's that Brazilian That's that Rodrigo from Madrid yeah, kind see? of hairstyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see? But you yeah. look at the body, look at the style. Man, look at that. We're using cargo pants, man. That's better than birth control. It's 100% effective. 100% guys, if you want to like never get laid, keep using cargo pins and cargo shorts and Crocs. You're never going to fuck no bitches. Zero bitches. These guys Crocs are right now. bitches. No, but using home and not walking around in the club or like walking the street. You know what I'm saying? I mean, imagine that with a cargo pants, bro. That's horrible. No, like that in home, you're comfy. That's fine. You understand? It's all about context. So I think physical is something that the man needs to work. Like... Thousands of years ago, the, the Stoics, the, the philosophers they used to say, it's a shame for a man that actually going to live a life without knowing what is the true capability of his body. So think about it, man. You being physical, it's important. You're having your physical. And it's what it's about. You just don't eat garbage and you go to the gym. 
and that's it forever for the rest of your life. Literally, here's the thing: habits are a reflex of your identity. So that's the thing. Example: I don't eat a lot, a lot of bad food. No, because it's my identity. Why I work out doesn't matter if I'm here, if I'm in Turkey, if I'm in Greece, Spain, everywhere that I've been this year, I work out because it's my identity. It's part of like something I need to do, even not every day, three, four times a week. And it's something you can control with it. And think about it: with women. And with men, because men got a value on it. Let's say you're looking good with a nice shirt. You go to a job interview. They go, oh, the guy looks good. It's subconscious, man. It shows that you actually know uh, that you're making good decisions. It communicates that you make good decisions. Mm. Think about why. Let's take it the extreme opposites. The fat guy, people don't take him seriously. Why? Because it shows that he is a, he's passive and lazy and he makes bad decisions. And the guy is skinny. He looks childish. People don't take him seriously. She's like, eh, whatever. Because even with women, think about like sometimes you see like the Jamaican niggas, like, like Jamaica, 55 kilos, yeah, 60 kilos, like a girl that's lower than size. It's always a Jamaican with yeah, a big but thing, it's true, man. man <laughs> but you know, you know <laughs> it is. Thing. You know it is. Like, I mean, England, you know what? I saw a lot of these things. I was like, man, this girl, you cannot carry this girl in your arm. She's going to break your arm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know exactly so, like, what you mean. Physics yeah. is the first thing, I think, is definitely. And then number, here's the thing. Not only like you looking good and you dress good, you know, but also another thing is like martial arts is also important for the men. Not for you getting women, but it's the energy they project. Because once you actually be the kind of guy that you know how to protect yourself, you chill. So you don't become reactive. You don't get scared easily. You don't get intimidated easily. Not even with women and with men. So a woman is saying, you say whatever, whatever. A guy is saying, the same, whatever. So I think physics is the easiest thing for you to take control of it. All right. The second thing I was thinking is communication. Jordan Peterson was saying in one of these podcasts, he talks to like a uh, uh, man that needs to be dangerous. But when people don't understand that dangerous is not only about violence, but it's about communication also. Because think about it. If you be the kind of man that you learn how to carefully choose your words, you become dangerous to society. Because now you can, you can influence. Because you can think about it. You say the wrong thing, you can escalate a situation. But if you say the right thing, you can de-escalate the situation. So that's you may you use the word and take control of your own reality because you learn how to influence other people. Mm. Think about it. Like we talked for like 10 minutes yesterday, but it's oh, this guy's different. I want him on my podcast. That is true. That's communication. So think about it. The way they express yourself, the way they carry yourself, gonna show people have a different opinion about you. So like I think communication is also something that's very important for you, a man work on it. And you see, there's like things, it's not like something beyond an extraordinary, it's like something that can work on it every day. You know, and the third, like, I, then after comes, like, money and all the other things. Because money is important regardless. But I don't think that money helps you out, like, as much as people think. I think money helps you in a different way because you have a different reality. But here's it. Because think about it. How many guys you know that makes a lot of money? They go to all these clubs and they get VIP bottles and they don't get zero bitches. Mm. Or you get them bored bitches. Bored bitches or... Fuck yeah, think about it. Like, there's all these girls, oh yeah, there's like 10 girls in my, in my, in my VIP. And the girl's like, drinking your drink. Yeah, and here's the thing, girl's like, just on the phone, bore as fuck, because you're boring. So think about it, money is important in a way for the right people. Example, I throw like a party, like the party that I uh, did in Brazil. My friends, like, they spent like $6,000. We had 100 women and 30 men, and everybody had a good time. You know what I mean? And we barbecue like food, that's, that's, that's open bar, <laughs> open bar, and open food. Do you understand what I mean? And everybody was having a good time. The same was already did a party with like two hundred dollars, and we had like a thousand, like thousand. I wish uh, I had like ten women in our house, two hundred dollars. 
like thousand reais, like we have ten women in our house, like four men, and everybody had fun. Because I really think that like this is not only about the money. Because here's the thing: if you use money to lead the women, then you attract the wrong women. That's the point, man. I'm telling you because I already being both sides of the coin. I already was a broke ass nigga nowadays. I have my bag. I have my bag. I make my money, and like I still spend almost like the same as I spend. I don't go. To, expensive restaurants with women i don't bring it into like no boo sushi this kind of bush i only gotta do that with my girlfriend most i gotta spend like maybe even in barcelona i spend like two three drinks that's it here's the thing man like i go to example in barcelona most of the girls i get two drinks like oh yeah let's go home yeah let's let's go why because it's the whole thing the conversation i'm an interesting guy i'm attractive like she doesn't care it's just like for not just go straight to your house it's sometimes it's let's go straight to your house so I don't spend like a lot of money. Ben, I think the maximum I ever spent with a woman in my whole life with a, a date was like three hundred dollars at maximum, once. Because I don't need it. Do you understand what I mean? Like What's the lowest you spent on? zero, 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 one night stand. Zero, zero, man. And here's the thing: I can't even tell you because like back in time when I used to live in the hood in Brazil, I used to meet like some gringas, right? So the foreigner girls, like girls walking Copacabana down talking to girls. Oh yeah, let's go on a date. What was my date? I used to bring her to Lemmy. There's a beach there. There's a rock. We used to be there sitting. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do one of the best desserts you ever had. It's called a Brigadeiro in Brazil. It cost me like $2. There's like condensed milk, chocolate powder, and butter. So you put the, the butter, you put the condensed milk, and throw the chocolate powder, and keep mixing in the, in the, in the, the heat. And then it gets melted. Then you let it cool down and you eat it. And that's it. I was like, yeah, let's go to my house to make you Brigadeiro. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Boom. And that's it, man. Like, I don't need a lot of money. Because here's the thing. It's all about the right woman that you're meeting and the way you're actually projecting. Because I really think the women are like child. Think about it. If you don't do, the child just always got to get away with it. Literally, if you don't put the boundary on it, she'll get away with it. So that's why you need to be the kind of guy that's like, oh, okay, that's what I need. Example, if I want to bring her to a nice date, it's because I want to bring her to a nice date. Not because I need to. Because if... Is that I need to? That's the problem. Do you see what I mean? That's when it becomes a problem because it's oh, I need to bring her to X. So then it's not real attraction. It's not genuine because that's the difference. There's like genuine attraction, right? And there's negotiable attraction. And most of the guys use negotiable attraction. Oh, I'm gonna bring you to X amount of this, and then I'm gonna get the pussy. Compared to like genuine attraction, it's like she is about what you represent. It's like damn, this guy's amazing. This guy's respectful. This guy's tough. He's smart. He's charismatic. Because I'm telling because I see all these guys talk, or the rap people guys talk about hypergamy, that women are hypergamous. And I believe, but I don't believe that women are always looking for the best guy with the most money. Because here's the thing, man. It's like sometimes it's the simple things. You open the door. You go like, oh, I need to go to the market. Okay, I'm going to go there. You don't go there. You go to the supermarket and don't complain. You go there and pick the grocery bags. Literally simple things that make girls like, oh, cool. Sometimes like she's sick. As I've already been with girls in the club. Man, one of the hottest girls that I ever dated like when we met, she we were going to my house and she started, uh, she was like uh, drunk and she started throwing up. She was very bad. I was like, okay, I brought her home. If a guy in this car is like, yeah, I gotta fuck her. No, I was like, yo, here's the thing. Go there, take a shower. Give her a towel. She went there to take a shower. I made like, her soup at 4 a.m., man. So think about it. It's literally like something simple. Like I literally make food for her. I was like, oh, here, have some food. Then she slept. When she woke up, she was like, boom, let's do it. And then we fucked the shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> then we. Yeah. 
we, me and her. Oh, about the same way you said them we. No, no, no. no, no, no. I, I don't like to share my meals. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. No, no, I don't like to share my meals. But you understand what I mean? It's literally on the, sem- on the simple things. I really believe that women, I'm telling because I, I live in the hood and I had girls. Now I live a very successful life. It's the same thing. Yeah. That's the coolest thing. Like, if you're a guy that in the hood, if you're in a guy that, like, once you ascend it, you're still going to have, like, the same traits because you're not stupid because you already know that you prove it to yourself that you can do it. So that's why if you can if you can get girls with no money, if you get girls, you, if you make money, then of course you can also get girls, man. That's the reality. That's it. What are you doing tonight? I don't know what you guys are doing tonight. Hit the club? Of course. <laughs> Straight. Of course. You're you gonna, you gonna, you gonna do a free session in person? Nigga, I flew from <laughs> Turkey. I flew a continent. That's what I wanted. Yesterday I was like, yo, guys, I think, oh, oh, oh did, we don't did you not know. go out with the boys after? No. That's, but that, that girl was going out. No, nobody hang out. They were all stay home. I was like, oh, whatever. But it was good that actually I didn't hang out because I was very tired, but I'm, I'm today, I'm awake. Yeah, yeah. Tonight, yo. <laughs> yeah, he saw yesterday, it was like, more like, today, I'm awake. Because I, went I, last like, I had an no, eight I'll hour. Be down. I'll be down. Yeah, let's do it. Like, it's I'll a be fun down. experience. Why not? Do some, do some training. I'll be burning. I'll be burning. There's no way. Oh, hey. Yo, I came up, project. I go, hey, colonizer. Hey, Mr. White Woman. Hey, Mr. White Woman. Hey. Where you? What's your name, eh? <laughs> I'm from Africa. You can say I'm your Nigerian cousin, even though I'm not that black. But anyway, you say, yeah, I'm from Ghana. Eh? Where you trying to go? Where you trying to go? I'm trying to think of a good place to go. Bro, even like, I'll be talking, like, even we can go any bar in Chinatown here, man. Here's the thing. There's all these girls. We don't need to be sometimes in the club. We can be outside because there's so many people here. I want to go to a bar. I, 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 I like yeah, the bar. Man. Yeah, I, I like bars, really? man. Yeah. Yeah, bars are the ones. No though. problem. Let's go. Fantastic. Last, I think we got last question. His personal question. Go on to your personal question. All right, cool. My last question. <laughs> this will be interesting for you, actually. Yeah. What seven things you can't live without? Seven things that I can live without. Woman. Food. <laughs> <laughs> Gym. Mm-hmm. Um, God. Okay. Hey, God for you. Family. Okay. Yeah, man. I have my little brother. I have like my three-year-old brother. He's like the word for me. It's kind of funny because I'm 30, so I have a brother who's three years old. You know, so yeah. my brother could be I'm my baby. I'm I got a brother who's five. Yeah, you know, so you know, I, it's like kind of like, yeah, oh, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Like he's like, it's almost like uh, I'm like training to be a father with my brother. You know, I feel exactly that's how I feel right. like. Exactly you know, right. so how many was are you for? Four. Women also. You know. You know, bro. You know, bro. Women, women. Knowledge. Big one. Purpose, ambition, I think, a purpose slash ambition. Um, friends, my brothers, man. That's seven. Uh, seven, so. so like, food, God, gym, family, women, knowledge. Purpose. Okay, so we change food for for my brothers, man. My brother, I will be nothing without my brothers, man. Shout out to Michael, shout out to Yudi, shout out to Daniel, shout out to GG. That's that's my gang, man. That's the guys that like I will take a bully for it, man. Seriously, mm-hmm. I think that's even f- if we can have like a little time, mm-hmm. man. A lot of guys understand, but like if you need to have the right friends. If you have the right friends, man, you take leverage. I will be nothing without my friends. Nothing. Like even kind of get emotional. I'll be nothing. I wouldn't be here if it was not my friends. Mm. I wouldn't be here if it was not Michael Gofredi. You know? Mm. That was like my Jewish friend that like lend me like money. I was like, oh man, lend me your couch. Gave me like some money when I was broke. You know, like the guy that helped me out. So these kind of people, man, is you need to be like with the right peers. You know, people that are gonna elevate you, you're gonna elevate them. That's very important. And a lot of guys they they come with this bullshit about Oh, yeah, I'm the lonely wolf. Of course, it looks fucking cool for you to say they're the lonely wolf. But nobody said that the lonely wolf in the story, he always got to end up dead. He always dies. 
Better than like being a lonely wolf, you have a wolf pack. Then you'll be the leader of your wolf pack. Then you're strong. And then you're assertive. And then you conquer the fucking world, bro. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. That's up. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for coming man, up. Thank you so much. How do you say it again? Fabricio, bro. Fabricio. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking of? Fabricio Romano. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking of. Fabricio yeah, Romano. Fabricio. Fabricio. Yeah, that's it. Fabricio. Thank you all the way from, so much, from Birmingham to Brazil, you know.